Yep, there you are. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I've got Spike. Guess who I don't have tonight? Zipperhead? None of them. <laughs> Do um is, is Tuesday going to be better or what's what's the status, bud? Uh, um, actually, uh, I don't know because I did communicate to everybody, but I know about I know about Ed and Zip. Sometimes when I text Zip, mm, remember when I used to text you about fifteen years ago? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got back to you twice. Oh, by by six a.m. the next day we talked. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know what happened because I did text Zip, but and I, I was getting this uneasy feeling because I hadn't heard back from him, which uh-huh. means, you know, he might have been in the middle of a shoot. Uh, the story with Ed is crazier. Um, last night, about 9 o'clock-ish or so, maybe it was a little, a little earlier, my phone rings, and it's Ed Kelly. And he says, hey, Bob... Um, I'm trapped at an airport and uh, just wondered what you were up to. And I said, well, where are you? And he said, oh, Las Vegas. <laughs> I said, well, what happened? He said, well, I was heading home from San Diego and my stopover was in Vegas. And I went to the gate that was marked on the TV screens. And I sat there, but they changed the gate and no one told me. And he missed his flight. And he missed his flight. Oh, what the fuck? And so I like I'm, my head is spinning, and I'm going, "Do you need a place to sleep?" And his answer was, "That would be great." <laughs> no kidding. It was a certain airline, sort of named after the part of the country we were in. I don't want to mention them by name, but you know we're in the Southwest. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say uh colon air, really? Yeah. Yeah, colon air. Yeah. <laughs> uh unlike uh, uh break your spirit airlines which Joe always calls oh that one. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh anyway, he he had asked, "Well, can you put me up?" and they said, "No, you could sleep at the airport. It's your fault." <laughs> and oh, the, oh, the, oh my god, the airline told him that? Well, they didn't say it the way I just said it, but that was the message. <laughs> yeah. And uh and he swears that, you know, they just changed the gate and didn't tell him, to which I replied, uh, if that was the case, what happened to the other 200 people that were supposed to get on the plane with you? Yeah, yeah, that's a, wow. You know. Well, they somehow yeah. figured it out. So anyways. He, he, re- he, read, he read the board wrong and didn't double check. Even, even when the flight was, nobody showed up, the flight wasn't there. The, <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a I'm diff- just going to wait it out. <laughs> and there was a different flight there. But yeah, I mean, uh, everyone else I, apparently got on the plane. Yeah. He doesn't like me grilling him because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one was does. He, was, he, was he by himself? Yeah, he was by himself. And Lizzie was going to pick him up in Detroit. So, oh uh, but this was... I mean, this was wonderful. I was like, yeah, yeah. One of the reasons we moved to Vegas is I said to Lisa, you know, people are going to pop in on us. They never did that when we lived four hours from the nearest airport. <laughs> yeah. And so he popped in. He's our first overnight guest in the guest room. And we had a nice evening last night. And there was a there was a moment of panic when he realized his gummies were in his luggage. But I had him covered. 
<laughs> he um his luggage made the trip, but he didn't, right? Because it was a connector. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah the luggage checked in uh, San Diego, and hopefully it was still in Detroit when it. Anyway, he was getting to Detroit like an hour from now, so he couldn't be on the podcast. So I knew he wasn't going to be here. And then with Zip, you know, I just I, I I knew it was a bad sign when he didn't text me back. But we do have a guest. Cool. In about eight minutes, Tammy Asars, Superwoman, the Appalachian Trail hiker. You know, every time I say something with an S sound, my watch thinks I'm Siri. Did you hear the watch just <laughs> I, I did hear yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you can tell her to STFU, and she doesn't even get upset about it. What a lovely young woman. Yeah. That's Siri. She's, Siri? She's you think she's young? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should really put a face to Siri. That would be a great advertising campaign for Apple. And Alexa. They should. You know how, like, um, remember the AT&T woman? And then they have the Toyota gal who, um, you know, is in all the ads coast to coast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you think Siri and Alexa should be, should have, like... They need a brand, yeah, they need a brand face. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know what they're thinking. The brand face will grow and grow with age and get older. So it should probably be artificial intelligence. Oh, like a computer generated, yeah. Yeah, like the, the chat. Have you seen the, um, you've seen the ads on social media for the companion artificial woman that you can, you know, have a <laughs> anatomically correct and stain resistant. No, no, no. That one. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, this is a this is this is a social media um, thing. Oh, like an interactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a chat. It's a chat bot. Only yeah. they're getting more and more advanced. Plus, they automatically know what you were thinking of buying last week and send you to the right Amazon page <laughs> to get it. Oh. <clears throat> so, I keep getting, uh, keep getting ads for lube in my feed. What's up with that? Yes. Oh, I love that you do all the dirty stuff here that you can't do on Cairo. <laughs> I can't. Hey, guess who's joining us? Zip Zip Fella is here. I'm here. Right? Hey! Right. We're already in the middle of the podcast, so you can't do any of that bend over halfway across the room <laughs> stuff you usually do. I'm over here. Give me a minute. <laughs> Get right up I on the you microphone. Said we were starting late. I sent a text saying we were starting late. You never replied. You didn't reply the other day when I said we were recording tonight, and so I panicked. <laughs> isn't, isn't it great when old married couples can just hash their shit out right <laughs> yes. in front of the exactly. right in front of the yeah. kids? That's yeah, exactly. It okay. <laughs> the Bickersons, as you so and, and then I called your cell to. phone, which is really like um, casting a, a, a worm into a desert sand pile, <laughs> trying to catch a fish. <laughs> Oh, you're going to catch us a fossil. Yeah. So, all right. I'm glad you're here, Zip. Tammy is going to join us in a little bit. Great. I don't know where she is on the Appalachian Trail, but I know she's, you know, she's getting close. And I think she's supposed to finish in two or three weeks. I think she spent more time in Virginia than Hillary Clinton in 2016. Ah. (laughs) So, Zip and I were just talking about these uh, chatbots, the artificial people. That you can make friends with, right? He's talking, right. About, he's, he's talking about me, Zip, not you. Yeah, he's I just, know, I know. Yeah, I'm used I know. to it. I'm, I know. 
We still love Grandpa, even though he's gone around the bend. <laughs> oh, that's right. That yeah. is true, by Someone the way. Someone needs to change his Talk tiger, about though. old married couples. Sometimes I, sometimes I call Zip Spike, and sometimes I call Spike Zip. As long as, as, long as you don't call either of us Lisa. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, I hear a little bit of an oh, echo. Man. Yeah, okay, Zip, that's probably me. your headphones. Hang on. How's that? Much better. Yep. Okay. Nope. Still a little head. Still a little like you got a speaker on on the computer. Hang on, hang on. Let me shut that. That's yeah, all right. How this about is, that? Every single podcast begins with zip going. Hang on. <laughs> oh, stop. It's That's down here true. somewhere. Oh, I stepped on a tack. Ah. Let me use the chicken noodle can tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. I'm glad uh, everybody's here. So uh, it's an exciting, uh, it's an exciting thing for me to do this podcast with you guys. I look forward to it all week. <laughs> I do. You really are bored. I, well, no, not, no, it's like there's so much cool to talk about that no one is talking about in the world that I feel like it's important. And also we have a different take than just about every, you know, cable news, news website. Almost all talk radio except for Spike, who is a god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a god. I'm not the god. Not right? the one. Yes, exactly. It's very important that you not get a big head about this. <laughs> all right, Zip. Did you figure it? Yes. Okay. I'm good. here. How's right. that? Yes. Is that better? So okay. Ed's not here tonight. I explained to Spike that he got stranded at Las Vegas airport last night and spent the night with us. Ed did? Oh. Did he just come knocking the door unexpectedly? He, right? he, I don't want to tell the story twice for the listeners of the podcast, so you can okay, just tune right. in and listen to the podcast. <laughs> Gee, thanks. By the way, I should do a callback to last week's podcast when we were talking about the Jethro Tull song that sounds just like Hotel California. And uh, after you, and I couldn't find it, but after you guys, uh, after we finished recording, I found it and edited it into the podcast and it is really kind of a little creepy how much that particular song sounds just like hotel california on a dark desert highway <laughs> cool wind in my hair from smell of colitas riding up through the air it's exactly like that <laughs> Uh, I, I always to, thought I always thought they I said, want you to keep going because I know okay. you could. <laughs> up ahead, no, up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. <laughs> Beautiful. Anyway, it grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the night. I don't know how he does it. That self-important okay. tone of Don Henley, is that who that is? Yeah. With a flute. <laughs> and by the way, when you're talking self-important, uh, Don Henley and Ian Anderson are both in the same class. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. They both can, you, can you imagine, <laughs> imagine like dueling flutes? Badass. All right. Our special guest is here on the Bob and Zip Edless with Spike show tonight. Let's see if she's there. Uh, Tammy Asars on the Appalachian Trail. Tammy, you there? Hi, guys. Look at you. How's it going? 
Jeez, a warm so bed, refreshed. fireplace. It's, yeah, yeah, it's awesome where I am. <laughs> hey, look, cable TV. <laughs> yeah, but uh, ca- cable cable TV is reason to go on the Appalachian Trail. So that yeah, one doesn't work. I was, yeah, yeah, I was exactly. faking it. Yeah, I was so faking it. I'm so jealous. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, so Tammy, uh, you must be getting close. I figure you're two or three weeks away from finishing the incredible nearly 2,200-mile hiking trail. Uh, what state are you in? We are in Tennessee, and uh, the trail kind of hugs the border of Tennessee and North Carolina. So it's possible to put one foot in Tennessee and one in North Carolina, depending on the day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of a crossover between the two. And mm-hmm. in about uh, less than, let's see, less than two weeks, we'll be through the Smoky Mountains. And, uh, yeah, in about three, three give or take, uh, little maybe a touch more we will be completed with this trail so it's pretty exciting it's kind of like coming down the home stretch of a of a marathon where you just want to run yeah only the last time i came down the home stretch of a marathon i didn't sound like you i was more like like you sound if if anything you sound more energetic than you did in the first hundred miles of the trail would you say that's maybe true I, yeah, you know, I think I'm clicking into it a little more, which might sound kind of crazy, but you start out and uh, uh, at least southbound, it hits you so hard with difficulty and you're just tired all the time. Your body's getting used to it. By the time you get down south, I don't know, it just has a really great vibe. It has a um, kind of a true awesome sort of backwoods Appalachian feeling to it. Mm -hmm. I'm really digging the South. I loved Virginia. Tennessee is spectacular. Uh, The leaves are, I mean, I've never seen anything like the fall that is happening right here. It's gorgeous. So you're actually like when you get in a plane and and sunset lasts for five hours because you're flying West, you're actually walking into almost continuous fall foliage. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's um, Virginia was the most magical fall. It was just so colorful and the, and everything was lush. And we heard from the local people that this is an exceptional fall. So I feel a little spoiled mm. with that because sometimes they have you know too much uh, warm, dry weather and the leaves curl up and don't maybe take on such hues. But what well, you know from living in Vermont, how yeah. gorgeous oh, yeah. the East Coast is yeah. in the fall. Um, but but this is, yeah, this is like chasing fall all the way south. Oh. It's been really outstanding. Uh, I'll remind listeners that Tammy did the trail the opposite of the majority of the people. She actually started in Maine with really the toughest, most difficult terrain and um, and got that out of the way. I guess maybe would you say would you say that was a great call? Now, of course, it is. Now that you're, you're past it. <laughs> yeah, now I have to say, of course, yeah. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to both. Um, I uh, am a, of course, a big southbound believer, especially on this trail. Um, we missed the bug season, which mm. everybody says is horrendous, the black flies and um, mosquitoes and all that, uh, completely. I, I didn't use bug spray once. Um, and wow. then you get this gorgeous fall. Yeah, it was really interesting. I wasn't actually expecting that. I ended up having to just throw bug spray into hiker boxes all the way down the trail. Here you um, all can have the bug spray for next year. <laughs> is, yeah, is it, that's it. If you go south to north, do you really just start in bug country and kind of try to walk your way out of it? 
Well, what happens is a lot of people start in early spring when they head northbound. So there's no uh, leaves on the trees. It's really barren. You get a lot of rain. Right now we're heading into the Smokies. Now that I'm saying this, I'm jinxing myself. But we're heading into the Smoky Mountains right during the driest time of year. When the northbounders are going through, it's the wettest time of year or one of the wettest seasons. So they get a lot more rain. Um, And then, you know, Actually, you get pretty tired towards the end of your hike, and I guess maybe a little antsy because you're starting to think about home and the things you're going to do when you get back and all that, and that kind of weighs on you a bit. When the northbounders get north, they have the really tough stuff, the terrain of Maine and uh, New Hampshire, all the the hard mountains in New Hampshire to go through before they they hit Katahdin. So, yeah, I I really believe in the southbound route. (laughs) maybe Maybe their thinking is that they build up their stamina before they hit the hard stuff. But they're not superwoman like Tammy Asars, who starts the trail in oh, right. perfect physical <laughs> fitness. <laughs> if only that were true. I, I, you know, I think as you go along, you definitely get trail legs and all that. But I, no, there is a learning curve for sure when you get started on, on the East Coast trails here. It's definitely different than what I'm used to in the West. Zip. You know, I do have one question. You know, I'm sure a lot of folks, how, how do you get this much time off? Do you, are you endorsed? Do you have an endorsement? Ah. Or, or are you independently wealthy? I mean, how, how, how do you make it work? <laughs> Running from the law. If anyone would like to endorse me, I would be happy to consider all sponsorship options. Um, no, I don't. I don't have an endorsement. I, um, I am a writer by trade. I write uh, trail guidebooks so I can schedule my... Um, gotcha. contracts and my writing around that. So I'm just one of the lucky people that can kind of craft uh, a schedule around that. But that yeah. said, it is very hard to be away from home for four, four months, no matter who you are and what your life is. That, is, that was a great question, Zip, though, and something anybody would wonder who didn't know Tammy. Um, her trail guides, especially for those of you on the West Coast, uh, you know, up in Washington or any up and down the Pacific Crest Trail, are just the best ever written. And uh, she's been writing that stuff. Uh, gosh, as long as I've known you, like we're coming up on dozen, yep. 15 years now, right? Yep, yep, uh, yep. And I taught classes before that. And so it was a nice segue into authorship. So yeah, yeah I've just been in the outdoor industry for a long time. Here are the states that Tammy has walked through. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, and now straddling Tennessee and North Carolina. There's only one state to go. Most people would never in their lives drive as far as you've walked. <laughs> in it one was, drive. It you was know what funny. It I was, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to some folks um, talking about a road trip they were on, and they were like, oh, yeah, we just, we've just we been on this big road trip, and they were talking about the three states that they visited. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, yeah, that same thing. It's like, wow, it's possible if you just strap on a pair of shoes and go out your front door to literally walk anywhere in the United States. <laughs> this is proof. You only have one state to go. How much time in Georgia? It's going to be a bit, right? Oh, Georgia's short. Georgia, oh. I think, is... 77 miles. So okay. what I have left to do between Tennessee and North Carolina is is a big is a big chunk. It's okay. it's under 400 miles okay. now, um, but it will you know and it and it holds a lot of very difficult mountains. This okay. is um, one of the, if you want to kind of imagine what a day is like out here. Sure. Imagine 
in the morning, you're up at five o'clock, you're on the trail at five thirty, it's still dark, you're crunching through leaves, you can't really see what's underneath them. So there's the occasional trip or um whatever, but you have your headlamp on, it smells wonderful, loamy and crisp and kind of chilly air. By about seven or eight, the sun is coming through the trees. You can usually put your headlamp away and then you're climbing and you're climbing a thousand feet, maybe sometimes up to 3000, but usually it's like a thousand or under up and down, up and down, up and down all day long. And then you stop for breaks, you know, naturally. Um, But it's uh, by the end of the day, um, you walk about 10 hours, sometimes 12 hours. And then, you know, you set up your tent and grab your headlamp out. And by the time your, your inflatable air mattress is pumped, you're almost out. You're so tired. So what you, yeah, what you have left, uh, even though it's just one state, it's, uh, well, and you go through these two for a while. So it's not a cakewalk. Oh, it is not. No, (laughs) no, I wish it were. I wish it were just like, okay, the last 400 is flat. But Mm. no, this gets this gets really tough. Um, The Appalachian Trail is book ended on both sides, both in New Hampshire and up in, you know, like even Vermont has quite a bit of hills. And then you get into New Hampshire and Maine and it's big mountains. And that same thing is true with the southern end. So um, right now we're, you know, we're in big, big mountains. Speaking of cake, is there cake at the end of the trail? Is there something there waiting for people as they finish? (laughs) I am so hoping for cake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of cake. Amazing. (laughs) Anything sounds good right now, but especially cake, yeah. Anything except for uh, freeze-dried whatever. Power power bars. Yeah, Yeah, no trail slop. Hmm. No baggies of trail slop couple of things about the Appalachian Trail. I did a little research while waiting uh, for the podcast tonight. It is the longest hiking-only footpath in the world. I did not know that. I already told you it goes through 14 different uh, states. It's, um, it's a volunteer conservation project. So a lot of it is done by volunteers. And um, by the time Tammy has finished... Her elevation gain and loss will be the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest 16 times. Oh, man. Wow. You know all that, right, With no supplemental oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we had it. (laughs) That's amazing. And and most people who try don't, don't actually complete it, right? Yeah, it has a very high attrition rate, uh, especially northbound. I think people don't realize hmm. that Georgia has big mountains, and you know, a lot of folks right. start, you know, realizing how tough it is. And and this is also a trail that a lot of beginners start on, which, uh, um, you know, that that number is skewed a bit by that too. Right. Right. Wow. Well. But yeah, it's it's, be- it's just beautiful. But it's um, we had a couple really super cold days. There was a cold snap that hit the East Coast, mm. um, and uh, that was spectacular. Also, really, really chilly. The temperature uh, near um, Mount Rogers was uh, seventeen degrees, mm. and it it was uh, it was interesting for about three days there it was really cold walking and then um yeah it's slowly been warming up and plus we're getting further south which helps things right. too now that you've got it 
I don't want to say, I don't want to jinx anything, but now that you've got it basically, uh, you know, only 400 miles, do you have a day that we should, like, maybe, is, look, I'm in Vegas. Are they taking, um, what do they call those? When they, bets. Yeah. Odds? Uh, no, no, no. What's you the, are new to Vegas, aren't you, Bob? What's, uh, what's the thing they do where you buy, buy a square? Grum, grumbling? Uh, what is it called? No, no gambling. Where, where you buy a, a square a on pool, a particular a day, pool. a pool that you think yeah. Tammy will make it. <laughs> that would be a fun challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, I think at this point it's um, eye on the prize. Uh, I don't really necessarily have okay. a, a fixed target, so to speak, because you have to kind of account for things like weather or um, resupply points or all that. But sure. I, I, you know, it's pedal to the metal at this point to uh, to get done, especially before the, the any big storms hit. Right. And how many I, how I, many miles today? Uh, I think we did 25, 24, 25, which is a lot. You know, earlier on um, in in kind of in between the two, we were doing, you know, upwards. Our, our longest day, I think, was 38. Mm. But we were doing in the 20 mile, 20 to 30 mile range. Mm. Now it's closer to lower 20s or mid 20s just because it's the terrain is getting tougher. Mm. And it is very difficult to hike from before sun up to almost sundown and get those kind of miles and be able to take breaks and, you know, account for, um, the elevation gain and loss. So, and you, you have to be really careful too, because now is when you can really hurt yourself because you're getting excited and you're trying to do bigger days and push mm -hmm. bigger miles. So trying to be careful of that also. Tammy, can I ask one personal question if I might? Sure. Do you look like Tom Hanks at the end of uh, Castaway by this point of your travels? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mean the I don't mean the unkempt body hair. I mean like the weight loss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you do get kind of ratty. Everybody does. It's hard not to. You know, everybody's slightly emaciated and starting to look a little out of control and frazzled. But that's the hiker look, so oh. you know you roll with it. Mm. And and will you? And all the men, all the men you see have these giant beards. You know right. they all look like ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a, what an accomplishment you are having! I don't want to jinx anything, but you're obviously just kicking ass, Tammy. It's really inspirational. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not over till the fat chipmunk sings. Yes, so, right. um, you know, nice. we're just kind of hanging on and right. <laughs> hoping for that emprise. All right. Well, if we check in with you in a couple of weeks, you're going to really be in the home stretch, right? Yep. Right. Yep. In fact, I can either do that or call you at the end. So either or, or both. Let's do one more. Let's do one more when you're almost there. Absolutely. That'll be fun. Okay. All right. Yeah. All Tam right, sounds great. Tammy, it's wonderful to, to hear from you. It's been a quest uh, for us. This is like the Olympics, uh, stretched out <laughs> over four months. It's great. Uh, all the best. Be Thank be you for having me. Right. Godspeed. Godspeed, yeah. be safe, uh, and uh, have a wonderful time. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. Careful which mushrooms you pick. <laughs> Tough time of year to grab the wrong one. <laughs> wow. That's, that's an I amazing did have a technical question for what was, what was your question? Well, I was just curious as far as how much, you know, much like when an aircraft takes off, you got to know how much baggage you're carrying you oh. know, for the efficiency in the flight of the airplane. 
you know, if, if you start out with more food and you eat through it, the your your weight gets lighter, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the show talk uh, about have, that you stuff. You have to really... Th- I, you know. I, I could tell you a little about that, but really I'd rather have her next time we, we speak, probably a couple of weeks. Um, I know that... Um, when I was advised by her on hiking the Wonderland Trail around Mount Rainier, which was a hundred whole miles, um, that you weigh your pack literally to the ounce. You weigh everything that goes into your pack, and you decide is it worth it. And so, yeah. much yeah. like like CBS Survivor, everybody gets a luxury item. Yeah, uh, my luxury item. And it weighed almost a pound and a half was a big charger to recharge my phone. So I could recharge my phone four times between road crossings. And, you know, I could take pictures. I could listen to music. And, um, you know, that was like that's a pound and a half that a real through hiker would consider me a trailer trash dweeb. (laughs) Wow. I would think, yeah, it'd be absolutely critical, man. You would really feel it. And then you get wet, which adds weight, I would imagine, in some way, you know. Crazy. Just crazy. All right. Uh, so we don't have Ed because uh, if no one tunes in late to a podcast, by the way. It's not like the radio. If you just joined us. <laughs> <laughs> no one goes, I think I'll start the podcast, you know, 20 minutes in. Uh, anyway, but we don't have Ed, but he's with us in spirit. Uh, he's actually uh, not on spirit. He's on Southwest. Uh, <laughs> and he's about to land in Detroit in just a little bit. Uh, so uh, we can talk about anything. Uh, if anyone's, I've got a couple of topic ideas, uh, but I also like to defer to Spike because you might have to leave to do your show soon. Well, I've been trying to, you know, not get political on on the show, right? On your uh, radio last, show, or on the radio show? Yeah, I love it. Uh, only because you know my my audience is inherited from the very conservative leaning hosts of from twelve to seven here at Cairo are very very conservative leaning hosts who cater to that that mentality and that uh, level of disinformation. But um, so I've been trying to lean into just social topics and fun things. And Friday night was my fortieth high school reunion, but I skipped wow. it. You know, and I was feeling a little melancholy about having decided not to go. Mm. And my my producer Matt um, did a really nice thing. He had he had assembled every break, um, every song that took a center out of break was from 1982, Aww. from the year I graduated <laughs> high school. So we were, we kind of had an on air 40th high school reunion with the audience, or you know, or a, a joint multi year high school reunion. And we were talking about you know what what you were thinking your life would be at the end of high school, and people were texting in their thoughts and. You know, or did you take the wrong path? Did you make any, any, you know, that kind of thing? We did that for the longest time. And, and somebody texted the show and goes, man, this is, this is, you're never going to make it if you're going to have no substance in your show, just this fluff shit, you know? Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, somebody, you know, and I'm like, okay. Oh, so someone last... complained that you weren't yeah. being divisive enough and talking yes, about enough yes. politics. Yes, I'm like, That's really? Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's go to drag school then, you idiots. Let's, you know, and, I, <laughs> and, the, and I spent the 9 o'clock hour educating people on what drag is and how drag-phobic, um, you know, even my, the hosts before me are. Yeah. And, and, and so I was, it, was, it was fun. So um, know, can I act stupid for a second? Sure. 
I don't have to act. How will, how will we know the difference? <laughs> thank That's you. the standard joke. We I didn't want to go there. but I, yeah. I, I, I Thank you for not hitting that softball. So drag, if I understand, I mean, my understanding, you know, I'm a, I'm a real uh, socially uh, progressive liberal guy. Uh, fiscally, I share some ideas with what used to be conservatives. Um, but when it comes to drag, um, I'm not really sure I understand. I mean, I know, I know what it is. You know, it's people dressing um, as a different sex. But I, the question I have is, so with, usually with drag, it's a, it's a male dressing up as a female performer. Um, does it go the other way? Do females drag into males? Um, there are uh, performers who are females who dress and perform as men. But the 99.99% of Got drag it. is okay. men, usually, usually gay men. There are straight men who do drag. There are trans people. I mean, there's some very. There's always a lot of variation on what it is, but but mm -hmm. for the most part, it's gay men dressing as women performing. Yeah. You're so special to me, for me being able to ask you this kind of stuff. Yeah. In part because, and I don't know if you know this, but you know, I uh, led a fairly conservative, fairly sheltered life. You were raised Catholic, man, big I was time. Super Catholic, which is like if you piss off God, you're going to hell. I was raised in a suburb of a city that had race riots. So I mean I what I heard adults say about people of color, uh, I'm really grateful that I, I it didn't you know, it didn't stick with me. I was like, that doesn't sound right to me, you know. Yeah. And um, and when it comes to drag, you'll get this now. But back in 1992 or three, we were m making another Twisted Christmas album, and we did this song called "Walking Around in Women's Underwear." It was probably the second biggest song on the album. I think the biggest one was the Ozzy Osbourne one, "I Am Santa Claus." But it was, and this is kind of ironic and humorous, it was the biggest crossover song on the <laughs> album. Yes. It was played by every format. It was played by Rush Limbaugh. Uh, it was played by country stations. It was played by rock stations. It was played by top 40 stations. I think you did more for the cross-dressing world. Like you were the Elon Musk of your day. Doing something about global warming. Do you remember? Because you wrote most of those words, did you not? Yeah, In my memory, yeah, you you were yeah. like, I might have had the idea, but but he was like, lacy things. The wife is went back, you know, missing. Yeah. Didn't ask for, for her, her permission. permission. I'm wearing Where? her clothes, her silk pantyhose. Walking around in women's underwear. No, it's ultra clever. It really is um, super clever. Yeah. Do you do you remember when um, Harry Shearer told us his story about walking around in women's underwear? Oh, vaguely, yes. Uh, so th uh, this was my all-time moment of, of pride because Harry Shearer said, but, you know, before we did the interview, Harry and his wife Judith tour every Christmas and do a musical comedy Christmas show. And they were playing the Paramount Theater in Seattle one year and came in and knew about our work, knew Bob, Bob's work. Yeah. And uh, he, wow. said, I gotta, he said, I got to tell you, he said, I was at Don Henley's Christmas party. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and he said, like, I'm at yeah. Don Henley's has an annual Christmas party and someone's playing the piano because everyone's a star and they're singing Christmas carols. And someone started singing Walk Around in Women's Underwear at Don Henley's Christmas party. And many, many of the 
um, guests there knew it. <laughs> sang wow. along. Sang you along have arrived. Yeah. Mr. I know. I, I've I have never felt prouder of something we created than yeah. that. No, that was good. And and of course we had another thing like that where um, Jimmy Fallon came on the show. Yeah, and, and raved. And yeah. we raved about Twisted Tunes, especially that album. And uh, so it was cool. It, it really... And what was weird about that song to me then, and it's still weird now, is it could it worked because it was cute and funny and everybody could wink. But for the most part, most people don't discuss this phenomenon at all. So you if you go to, you know, go to a show somewhere and see a drag show, oh, it's fun and interesting, but none of my buddies <laughs> ever said <laughs> like Zip, um, do you have a part of your closet I have not seen? No. I can't say well, I do. Well, well, let me let me tell you what what I spent an hour doing Friday night. Okay. It was literally I said, you know, you because uh, the reason is it's being used as a culture war club. Yeah, that right I'm now. not aware of because I, I don't watch culture war channels. So tell well, me. There, there yeah. are things called uh, Drag Queen Story Hour that take place at public libraries. Oh. Where a, a drag performer will come in and read to young children. Okay. Now, it, this is very, very Is it okay well if they leave the Christmas decorations up that they can still do it? Or is it, a, is it like I, the war I, on I, Christmas, too? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but there have been pushback from conservatives and Christian, you know, conservative Christians mm. that protesting these drag queen story hours at public libraries. They don't want public funding money to promote drag, blah, 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 blah. But what about drag racing? I mean, should we stop NASCAR from being publicly <laughs> talked about? NASCAR's, NASCAR's not drag racing. It's drag. drag. It's totally... straight, drag racing's a straight line. NASCAR goes around <laughs> Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. See, but straight, I... drag is straight in racing, but not in performance. Isn't don't ruin a good different? joke by being factual. I'm... Yes. <laughs> Well, so I'm, I'm telling the audience, and you know, I said, look, there's there are variations of drag, you know, much like uh, so I, I use this analogy. I said, there's a couple cuddling on the Hallmark Channel, right? Right. And there's a guy who brings a pizza and gets a happy ending in a video at a hardcore porn. That's how different drag is. There's that many variations of drag. Oh, there, there is sexualized adult-only drag. Can I do? Can I do the just barely getting started one? What is that? Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so that's like somebody, someone like Meryl, doing a Marilyn Monroe show in Las Vegas. Oh, a guy, okay. yeah. a female impersonator, right. Who does Cher or Liza Minnelli or Marilyn right. Monroe or Tina Turner, the best Tina or Turner. Or Robin in- Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. Or, or, yes, or what's exactly. his name in Tootsie, which was those were two of the hugest Justin movies Hoffman, of all yeah. time. Ex- Did the exactly. right wing complain about those movies? Absolutely not. Did you bring Absolute, that up? Absolutely. Absolutely. You of course bet I did. did. Yeah. I said, Tom and I, Hanks. I, I, Tom Hanks. Bosom buddies. The whole TV show was those two ha- pretending. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Some like it hot with Jack Lemmon. Okay. I mean, you know, it, it goes back for. I said, so you folks who think that every drag, and I said, there are people on the radio, and I was talking about our earlier host in the day, who have watched like a 90-second clip of RuPaul's Drag Race on YouTube, and they think they know what they're talking about with regard yeah. to drag. Yeah. He's like, I don't want some guy at the, air, at the a library with fishnet stockings on, <laughs> sure. wi- doing uh, twerking and showing his crotch to little kids. Yeah. I'm like, that is not, that is not Drag Queen Story Hour. I said, you know, you, you guys know the Little Mermaid, right, with yeah. Ursula, Little Mermaid? Imagine that a guy came in wearing that white wig and the purple makeup and the lips and the, and the, the eight-legged octopus costume. It's Ursula reading The Little Mermaid to, to kids. The fact that it's a man mm-hmm. and not a woman is, is lost on these kids. 
Sure. So why do, why do you have to sexualize? Well, it's the same and, as Santa and, and, Claus, right? I mean, there's nobody. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like Santa Claus. It's a costume. Well, we and we spent we spent an hour t- teaching people that there are various. There, there is adult sexualized drag, which should be nowhere near kids or libraries. Yeah. I, okay. I get it. And we agree on all that. But saying that every drag performer is a groomer, right, which right. is what with the go-to insult for conservatives right. against drag, there have never been a higher rate of violent crimes against trans people, ever. Hmm. And that doesn't freaking help. You know, when, when people just blanket stereotype drag as people who are trying to groom your kids, you know, that, that's yeah. dangerous. So let's just all get a little smarter. Yeah. You remember, you remember um, J.P. Patches in Seattle, Bob? I do. Um, his sidekick was a man who dressed and named Gertrude. That's right. I said Gertrude was drag. You've, all you guys who grew up here and you're all up in arms, Gertrude was a drag performer, so right. shut the hell up. So think uh, zip, think Captain Kangaroo with Mr. Queen jeans. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's Mr. Terrible. Queen. That's, part, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Now, Green jeans. Yes. Now, didn't didn't drag sort of, wasn't it an offshoot sort of of burlesque and, and vaudeville? Do you know what I mean? That sure. whole just over the top. Yes. Uh, yeah. Exact caricatures. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yep, yep. Well, I'm in Vegas, and I know there are shows here that I haven't been to yet. Uh, there are also topless shows here. So they still have them, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and you can find sexualized drag in Vegas, of course. But I'm telling you, the top um, the, Tina Turner impersonator in America works in Vegas okay. and is a man. I want to see it. You got it. You'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Damn it, I'll risk a dime and go. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, amazing stuff. All right. Uh, oh, uh, a couple of other things uh, to talk about. I do have, let's see if I, oh, let's see if I saved them in the right place. I do have just a couple of memes of the week. Um, I hope I didn't read these before. Oh, uh, this one you'll like, Spike. I'll be voting for the party that wants to give fourth graders free lunches instead of the party that wants to force them to give birth. Do you like that one? Uh, I've I've seen that one. (laughs) Yes. Of course you've seen it. I've seen that. That's a great one. Uh, My teacher told me not to worry about spelling because in the future there will be autocorrect. And for that, I am eternally grapefruit. Uh, it starts here. It starts now. I'm yeah. going to stop there. Um, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I'll just give you one thought I've had and, and ask you guys to weigh in on this. The uh, prime minister of Great Britain, we have a new one. And the last one had the job, I think, as long as Cher was married to Greg Allman. Not very long. <laughs> Did, did you see, did, the by reference. the way, yeah. did That's you a, see what the, the British bookies were taking bets on? On how long this guy will last? No, no, no. They, huh. they, on the last prime minister, was her name Truss, I think it was, or some? Yeah. Um, they, they took a head of lettuce from a grocery store and put a live webcam on it and next to a framed picture of the prime minister, and you could bet which would last longer. <laughs> Whether the head of lettuce would wilt before this lady resigned and the lettuce outlasted the prime minister. Oh. That's beautiful, and that's so why I love British humor. You know, Benny yep, Hill yep, and Monty yep. Python. That's just really they creative. Get it. Good stuff. Well, Te- okay. Hey, technically speaking, if you go to a, a British court of law, they're dressed in drag, are they They not? wear wigs. Yes, they do. Sure. <laughs> okay. Parliament. 
Absolutely. Wigs, wigs and robes. And so um, as goes the world, so goes every major company, uh, country. This is like a, this is a working theory I have because when I see an ad, oh, it's, let's say, uh, uh, by the way, I'm really annoyed by all these political ads. I can't watch TV. I literally cannot watch TV with ads because everybody is either going to take away your abortion or caused inflation and because of reckless spending. And um, and none of that is like none. There's not a definite cause and effect between one party or another and what happens. In fact, what is happening in our country is pretty much the same as what's happening in every major country in the globe. And if someone would just tell the populated masses that we're human beings on a planet of 7 billion human beings. And, oh, by the way, inflation is happening everywhere. Biden didn't just, you know, cause inflation, and uh, it wasn't caused by Trump either. It was caused by the whole world reacting to a pandemic, and it, it it's coming in waves because supply chains were disrupted, and literally every country, every major country in the world had to simply print monopoly money, you know, because they can, to keep the, you know, everything from falling apart while we were trying to get over that pandemic. But the, the fact is that, is it me or does almost nobody know this? Nobody knows that. Nobody, nobody cares to know that because they just want to know whose fault it is. They don't want to know why something happened, just whose fault it is. And every you're right, both sides are more than happy to tell you whose fault it is. Mm. It's the other guy, in case you didn't know, by the way. Yeah. Sip? I agree. I agree. And unless unless that fact is so dumbed down like a Dick and Jane book, a lot of the political ads I've been seeing, question two, bad. Question one, yeah, good. I, you <laughs> know what I mean? It, it's yeah. really knuckle-dragging. It really is. We are pretty drag—that's a good phrase. We are really dragging knuckles as a civilization. And, and by the way, the divisiveness, the violence, the worry about um, what that may cause from Ukraine to China to Russia to the U.S., that uh, populism based on misinformation— is also not just happening in the United States. If you oh, read, God, no. no, if you read around the world, and that leads me to believe that, by the way, I will, I will say the three coolest, smartest words a human being can say I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had that one, got it from you, got it from you last week. Yes. I, had, I had that. It's one of my favorite things. What's the smartest thing it. you could say right now? I don't know for sure, but the data of what's being reported all around the world would seem to indicate that the uh, what's different about this you know last 10 20 30 years it's been uh, social media it's been the internet it's been yes it's been unfortunately a thing that is is at its core got some great things happening and that is that everybody has a voice whereas you used to have to study to become a journalist <laughs> You used to have, you know what I mean? You, you, you used to have to earn your voice to have I, a voice in society, right? You well, mean, whether would, it was education or yeah. experience. And nowadays everybody's keyboard smart, keyboard strong. Yeah. You know, I went, I went to self-research you 
So whatever. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, but where does it go? Because last week, by the way, after you left, Zip and I had a wonderful discussion with Ed about how do you tell if something's misinformation. And and my, I'm more inclusive. By nature, I would just want to be more inclusive. I don't want to pick one side is good, one side is bad. One side is, you know, better than the other in some ways as far as being caring about humans. But the other side is afraid that they're coming to take their stuff. Um, but what we... What we're lacking is basic principles. I mean, John Lennon, the Beatles sang All You Need Is Love. Who sings All You Need Is Love these days? There is no push or movement for the higher um, qualities of man happening. I believe it's, it's just not profitable. I don't believe there's a business model in goodness because it just <laughs> doesn't irritate people enough to click and spend more time with their eyeballs. Well, it's, you know, when someone doesn't uh, become educated, they want to feel better about themselves by, you vilify education, you vilify intelligence. So you feel better about yourself being at the bottom. And and when we're racing to the bottom, we really are. Uh, Any, any cure? Should we just keep um, blaming the other side like we're all doing? I think a big part of it, honestly, is, is uh, the echo chamber effect and the fact that yep. it, wouldn't it be great if you could go online or turn your phone on and completely erase from you know AI your all your search entries, your shopping yep. habits, your contacts, you know, I mean, start totally clean and see what type of responses you would get and what your search uh, you know search queries brought up. It's funny you were doing that up. Uh, that is uh, that's. An amazing thought, but completely impossible because the world's business model, we're in the data age. We're not in the industrial age, right? What were the different ages? Uh, the agriculture, industrial? Well, bro- bronze age, industrial age. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then the computer uh, age where the technology age, I believe we've passed the technology age. I don't think technology, I mean, there's going to be new bells and whistles and features on your phone but if you've got a three or five year old phone you're not left out out. what we're in now is the data age where everything you do is recorded tabulated sold um consolidated and um the information inform like let me compare it to banking you know, we all, if we wanted to be rich, should have gone to school and become bankers because bankers are brilliant. And when I say banking, I'm referring to, you know, stock trading and brokers and all of that stuff. They're brilliant at getting their VIG a fraction of a percent. Uh, and then you multiply it by hundreds of millions and billions of people. And banks just basically print money. And they make, you know, the banking system makes money on the way up. They make money on the way down. They make money no matter what. It's sort of like a casino. Uh, and so that's what's happening uh, with data. Data is, oh, data is so valuable. And I don't think people realize um, just how much that, like I walked into a store recently 
and I said like my name and I was like uh, going to do something and I was going to give him my address. And he said, just give me your cell phone number. Boom, his screen populated with all this information about me. Mm. And I was like, oh, do you know about my browsing history? Of course he does. Bob, we all every, got quiet. A, yeah. Everybody yeah. loves inflatable dolls, Bob. Don't feel bad. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, I, but I mean, and, and oh, and I listen to Spotify. Uh, do, do either of you guys listen to Spotify? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Spotify has this these playlists, and I'm going to give you the good side of data now. Spotify has these playlists, and they had one called My Happy Mix, and I've never clicked on it, and last week I went, oh, I should click on that. And they just know the songs that'll make me happy. And my of- only friend, the <laughs> ends. Chip <laughs> <sighs> Morrison motivational speech. Sure. Yeah. You know, the day destroys the night, <laughs> night divides the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was kind of the opposite of that. I'm a real fancy yeah. <laughs> person. Um, but they, in fact, I'll play one of the songs at the end of the, end of the show. It was a song called, um, uh, oh, uh, it was the Puppy Song by Nielsen. Do you know that song? No. Okay. Uh. And, and when I had my diagnosis of cancer, and in the beginning, when I really thought that, you know, I was not going to make it and I, I didn't, you know, I was just very, I, I, I listened to things like uh, Monty Python, always look on the bright side <laughs> oh, of life. Jesus. We closed one of the podcasts with that. And you guys don't listen to the songs I put on at the end of the podcast usually because you're gone. Right. But one day I was in the sugar house and somehow the app just played me this song called the puppy song. And it's totally not like Nielsen's greatest song was Jump Into the Fire. Remember that one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can you do it a little, Spike? Because I don't have time to cut these records up and play I, them. I, I, <laughs> I, that one I can't, that's not top of mind. Good jump I know, into I know, the uh, fire. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, anyway. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, oh, I can't do it. Um, be like tugging on Superman's cape. <laughs> Anyway, so this is him singing about loving a puppy. And it practically brought tears to my eyes. So the, so the other day I played this happy thing, and I hadn't thought about that song. And it played a ton of songs I'd never heard in my life, but they were by artists I recognized. And so Spotify has figured out how to take an old classic rock guy like me who you know, heard the same 500 songs on the radio, if you're lucky, it's more like 150, and discover tracks for me that will make me happy. And that's data, because every time I listen to, every time I stop a song and skip over it, he didn't like that song. But it's not just he didn't like that song. It was, it was after breakfast. It was on a Tuesday. <laughs> he had just been looking at buying a new TV online. I mean, they literally. You know, they know everything about you, and they're putting together profiles for the purpose of making money, to, to hack your behavior. And, you know, in this case, Spotify is loyalty and art and music, so it's a fun one. So is they they, or is it just, you know, it's not 
Uh, can you do an metal. auctioneer spike? Because it's the <laughs> highest bidder. <laughs> Sold Harry Nilsson T-shirt to the man in Las Vegas. Yeah. No, it's data is data. Um, it's like email addresses. But somebody created the algorithm to 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 make it happen. Oh no, there's a there's there's millions of algorithms. I mean, they're, they're, these companies all sell data to each other and amalgamate it. Well, Amazon just bought Roomba, the yes. carpet cleaner machine. Yes. So that so that he could so now Jeff Bezos knows exactly how big your apartment is, mm-hmm. how often Jesus. you walk to the fridge, what size area rugs to put in your Facebook feed because you know there's a wood spot <laughs> where your feet get cold. Exactly. What kind of socks you'd prefer to buy? I mean, the guy knows everything. Yeah, uh, but it's not just him. It's he. If he needs other information, he can trade some of his information to another company. But they do it like poker. I mean, they yeah, yep. they they each want to keep. This is a this is the business we're in, the data age. They call it the information age, but it's really data, and the data is being used to, to sell us things or to buy information about us that will make somebody predictable money. Whether well, that is cur- that is currency. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Data is money, and so it's just, it's just strange. And I mean. I, there's so much of it that we love. I mean, I love, now that I'm in a big city again, I love the instant access to everything, the instant delivery of everything. But I know I'm giving up human relationships for, we started with the artificial intelligence. Um, you know, you can have a girlfriend that's just a robot, a chat bot, or a boyfriend, I assume, like Tammy was saying. Who was saying? It's usually, oh, you were saying uh, with drag. It's usually guys <laughs> that yeah. need this stuff. Uh, but uh, but you can do pretty much everything you do is now data. Remember, you know, years ago, people used to say the only way to keep the government out of your business, never get a social security number. Oh, yeah. Stay off the yeah. grid. Yeah. Is it possible to get off the grid now? I don't see how it could. Um, Tammy is pretty close. I was going to say, and look for how a happy few months. she is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except that you can, you know, exactly where she is because of her phone, and we can talk yeah, to her from yeah. the trail. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey guys, I really do got to jump. Yeah. Oh, it's, after six. Oh, Zip and I will close it out. Spike, thanks for hanging with us. Always, gentlemen. A Have pleasure. a man. Pleasure. Have a wonderful See. show. Uh, I got to do a plug for you because uh, gra- gratitude for your company letting you come on. It's Spike O'Neill, Cairo FM, ninety-seven point three, every night from seven to ten. And, of course, filling in during the day anytime someone takes a vacation. There you go. God bless. Good night, man. Bye, guys. It's just us, Bob. It's just us, too. Zip and I do a radio show every week on 100 (laughs) FM, The Pike, in Worcester, Massachusetts. And so we are used to talking with just the two of us. Yeah, I had a a guy in here uh, installing some rug over the weekend and he was a listener to the show and he actually was quoting some of the stuff we talked about he uh, when ed filled in uh, when you were having oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. the operation he mentioned yeah that other guy what's his name ed Ke- yeah yeah ed kelly yeah he was funny uh, and did he say anything about you or me well nope. yeah oh no essentially okay. yeah he did he does well, listen. He was surprised <laughs> yeah uh but you know that's the sensitivity, by the way, of show hosts. It's like, hey, I really loved when you had that uh, fortune-telling woman on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like the questions I asked her? Did you like anything about me? 
crazy. Oh, man. Right. But he also was a big BCN fan. And I said, wow. I said, Is that right? he, he kind of grew up in Metro West. Yeah. So he was sort of bi radioized yeah. you know, for where we WBCN were. for West Coasters, one of the biggest East Coast radio stations of all time, actually. Um, very big progressive rock station and uh, activist station, too. Um, you know, very involved in, at the time, you know, politics was you know protesting women's rights it was it was all about the schools all the schools in boston oh, i mean yeah. in massachusetts really pretty. but it was about it was about doing good in the world politics used to be about how can i do good not how is the other side so evil that you have to vote for me without me even saying anything about what i want to do just I because know. you're so terrified of them it's exhausting it is i you know I, it's funny i used to drive by and see like old retired guys feeding birds on a park bench and thinking, man, get up and get a job. I'm like, wow, move over. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sit with you. Give, give me some of that bird feed. Mm. Oh, man. Anyway. All right. Uh, Lisa and I saw a concert the other night in Vegas. I want to give a plug if they're traveling to your city. It was the B-52s and their farewell tour. I saw they were back out. Yeah. They were... Now, there's a happy band. People happy. really identify with that yeah. band for happiness. They were incredible, except, and I'll, I'll cop to this being my fault, my first thought when I got in is, oh, they really got old. <laughs> it, was, it was like when I went to my high school, uh, I think I went to my high school 35th reunion, and when I pulled up, I thought it was in the wrong place. I said, oh, this must be a funeral or a wake here. This can't be my <laughs> high school reunion. <laughs> Look at all these pallbearers. Yeah. But, the, uh, but the B-52s were so amazing, performed beautifully, sang well. Uh, and the band, of course, you know, they have the two girls and the guy. I forget their names, but I'm not that great of a fan. But they, um, they had a young, you know... Nashville session player like band. Um, actually, I think they're from. Uh, where are they from? Georgia, I think. Yeah, I know. I, one of the key people is passed. Right, There's, they're missing one. I think. Uh, they're missing one of the musicians, but the uh, the guy. Uh, now I got to look him up because I can't be this uninformed. See if Spike was here, he'd just know all their names. Hang on. B, five two. <laughs> Do you ever watch CBS Sunday Morning? You should should tune that in. It's a I do. Really it's a great show. News I'm magazine. Old, I'm old. I watch that too. Everyone yeah. Well, and they had a. They were. That's where I saw the fact they were going back out on tour. They did a you know a bio piece on them. Yes, it's they really also had a, a really nice piece in the um, New York Times about their tour, uh, and and it big money behind it by the a big huge production. Okay, the B fifty twos. Uh, American New Wave Band formed in Athens, Georgia. I did have that correct. Oh. Fred Schneider is the vocalist. He's just incredible. And the two uh, gal uh, performers are Kate Pearson and Cindy Wilson. They were just awesome. So all three were there and um, just sounding fantastic. But the band behind them was, you know, there was a young black drummer who is in the peak of physical fitness. I hate those guys. I know. No, I'm no, a, physical I, fitness. <laughs> I'm completely heterosexual, but I've always 
had this strange admiration for incredibly phys- physically fit black men. <laughs> okay. Not, it's not like I would want to. Okay, Bob. All right. It helps. You're not as comfortable with this conversation as Spike <laughs> oh, is. No. But, no, I, I was just, uh, you know, I I do. I marvel at guys, yeah. especially drummers are in good oh, shape. Oh, that are in incredible shape. It helps yeah. a lot. And if you're white, it just doesn't that. look as cool as if you're black. It's just my opinion. <laughs> oh, that's true. And the, and the, a bass player was uh, a, a black owl with dreadlocks. And so the band was just, I mean, the band was just, and the production and the the whole show had a film behind it. And we got some decent seats. And as soon as the concert started, I looked at Lisa and said, oh, we're not going to get to sit down at all because everyone's on their feet for the, I mean, how good is that? And, and the oldest gal, I forget which one she is. I think it's Kate Pearson is 74 years old. And here I am 66 going, well, why is everybody standing? I guess I got to stand. And you know, they're up there performing, uh, with all that energy and still, you know, have their good stuff. Totally yeah, admire on that. the site trying to, yeah, they don't have much of the band play, uh, photos in here. Oh, well, yes. anyway. Oh, good stuff, you, did you want to see which one died? Uh, Ricky Wilson <laughs> passed away in 1985. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm looking under the total list. No one else died. See, we were just talking about how easy it is to get information. <laughs> Who died in your band? Boop, pop it up. There it is. <laughs> Crazy stuff. You know, it's it's kind of funny. They really sort of stumbled upon it. You know, they, lack of a better term, they were kind of dicking around playing music, and it worked. A party band, and, and yeah. it was all about parties. And it was, you know, if you if you got together, you know, a bunch of musicians and said, "I'm going to go, oh, 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 <laughs> we'll make a song about that," um, you know, it just wouldn't even work on paper today. But so good. Um, and, but that's you know, what it, it's the joy, man. It's the joy yeah. of the music. That's the important right. stuff. Speaking of the joy of music, I'm going to play some now. And this has been the Bob and Zip Show without Ed Kelly. Special guests Spike O'Neill and Tammy Asars. If you'd like to email us, you can anytime. Show at bobandzip.com. Gratitude for the folks that help pay a few bills by, uh, you know, subscribing and putting eight bucks into the hat. Uh, that's at um, patreon.com slash Bob Rivers. May I offer this, too? A little gratitude for your continued good health. Oh, thank don't you. forget yeah. that, man. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's going. I, you know, I don't talk about it a lot. I don't hide, hide from it either. Um, but something special is happening in the next few days, and I will talk about it next podcast. It's a surprise, so I can't say anything about it. Uh, but, yes, the health has been pretty good. Um there's really no major complaints after what was really major surgery, and some people take a long time to recover from it. Uh, it takes a full year, and, but uh, it's far enough along that there's just some inconveniences, you know, about digestion. And <laughs> sure, it's no big deal. And um, you know, I've had one good clean scan which I will share. If you're listening to the podcast this long, you're like family. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, oh, and I did finally found an oncologist not from hell. <laughs> no, I found, oh, did I tell that story? 
Yeah, you did. I did. Okay, yes. last week. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, clearly, I'm forgetting uh, the end of my sentences, so we're wi- we're wiped out now. <laughs> okay. All right. All the best to everybody. Thank you. Remember, be kind. Love is all you need. Uh, put a little something positive in the world. Don't go bragging about how the other side is all a bunch of idiots, no matter which side you're on. Really, seriously, it doesn't do any good. I'm wearing her clothes, her silk pantyhose, walking round in women's underwear. In the store, there's a teddy with little straps like spaghetti. It holds me so tight, like handcuffs at night, walking round in women's underwear. In the office, there's a guy named Melvin. He pretends that I am Murphy Brown He'll say, are you ready? We'll say, whoa, man Let's wait until the wife is out of town Later on, if you wanna We can dress like Madonna Put on some eye shade and join the parade
dreams are nothing more than wishes and wishes just a dream you wish to come true whoa, whoa, whoa. 